All right, how many of you have ever been guilty of communicating this way? Are you up to dinner? Want to grab dinner? Time? How many of you have communicated that way in the past with somebody? Come on now, you know I'm talking to somebody. This is the state of communicating with someone in our modern world, isn't it? Just kind of a few little words, maybe some emojis, you know, just kind of making plans or what such. I mean, are we really too busy? Is it really too daunting of a task to pick up a telephone and call somebody these days and schedule and make uh, a lunch point? I'm guilty of it as well, so I'm not preaching to you. It's, this is for me as well, right? Yeah, yeah maybe, we, maybe this is the reason why we see such uh, a stress and strain on relationships. Maybe that's why some of us are struggling in building lasting relationships these days. I mean, have we really just gotten to the point where we, we, we don't even type out the whole word. We just use abbreviations. We use the number two for two, right? Instead of, it's just crazy. It's crazy. Today, we want to continue in this series we started last week entitled, Let's Talk. And we're trying to get back to the art of conversation, right? Having this face-to-face conversation with people, just talking and sharing. And last week, I shared a lot of statistics. I talked about, you know, parents' roles and responsibilities with their children. In Deuteronomy, you know, teach them to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind. You know, the Shema, we refer to that in Scripture. Uh, and, and, and I talked about how you know, parenting these days, a lot of times it seems like when we take them out, there's kids on tablets and phones. My wife sent me a picture yesterday. She was having a coffee here in, in, in our community, in Bernie, of all places. And there was a family. She sent me this picture. She said, look at this. And, and I thought it was a family of five that were bowing their heads and praying. And I was like, man, that is awesome. She's like, you didn't sit there. They're all on devices. They're not looking at each other. I thought they had their heads bowed in prayer, but they had their heads bowed in homage to their tablet. And so, uh, and I saw this week in San Antonio, it's not just, you know, limited to here to Bernie. I saw this week at a, at a, at a restaurant having lunch. And, and I told the person, look, look, there's five kids. Every one of them got their own phone. Now, there's nothing wrong with technology. Let me just say that. Some of you are going, oh my gosh, he's anti-phone, anti, I'm not against technology. I love technology. The challenge that I want us to look at over the next few weeks is how can we leverage it and use it uh, for, for, for good and not become a slave and not let it become our master. Are you with me today? And I want to talk today about this idea of texting. I've already started today with this idea of text. Texting as a form of regular communication is dangerous because how well can you really communicate with someone via text messaging, right? Now, sure, it is quicker than calling. I get it. But because of sacrificing time for our convenience, I believe that we're missing the flow of conversation, aren't we? The subtle nuances, the voice inflections, facial reactions and expressions as we, as we talk and carry on with one another, change in tone. We, we, we miss all that. And it seems like everything has been reduced to 130 characters. And, and frankly, I'm just a little worried that, 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 that maybe that's what's having such an adverse effect on relationships in our culture today. I mean, does this lack of intimacy and connection, do you think it makes us colder, maybe a little bit more detached from one another, right? This is just pulling back the curtain and letting you know about, I've been sitting in my living room at home and text messaging my daughter in her bedroom. Like, why can't I get out of my lazy boy chair and just go and, and 
Do, do parents have to knock on a door to go in their kids' rooms? I don't, I don't know. Uh, but, but just to go and say, have a conversation and, and talk versus texting, hey, will you bring me a glass of water? <laughs> you know? Yeah, I'm guilty of child labor laws, you know, things like that. So, but even though there are more and more people on this planet, it seems, doesn't it, to you that we're more alone and isolated than ever before? Yes, I mean, listen, let's face it, technology is a wonderful thing. And yes, we can connect with each other in a million different ways, whether that be through texting or Skyping, you know, FaceTime, Facebook, Tweet. I mean, what, what, there, there's so many ways that, but it just seems to me that there are more and more less personal connections in this digital age in which we live. I mean, let me ask you a question. Do, do you really know most of the people that you friend on Facebook? How many of you, when somebody sends you a friend request, you're looking to see who their friends are, and if you know some of them, then you're going to accept it, right? I'm, come on, hands in the air. How many of you do that? Yeah. You don't know who they are, but, oh, but you know some of their friends. It's okay, I'm going to, yeah, right? Um, I, I, got a, I got a friend request yesterday from a Jason Brown. I didn't like the way he looked, and we had no mutual friends, so I, uh-uh, remove. Mark as spam, Right? I mean, seriously, how, how many of those people do? I mean, who, who, who could you really call on at 2 in the morning to help you change a flat tire if you had one out of that long list of Facebook friends? Do you have a couple that maybe you could call and could? I don't know if I do, you know. Uh, I guess I could pull out the other duties as a signed card that, that we use with the staff. But this quantity over quality, Right. The, 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 this quantity over quality message, is, it's, it's part of our, I believe, our consumerist mentality these days. And, and it's spilling over into how we treat relationships and how we look at them. Listen, there, 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 there's no depth to any of it. I, I, I know plenty of people that have been dumped via text message. I, I know a lot of people that have found that they thought they were in a relationship, but then they look at somebody's... Facebook status to see that they are now single and they've been found out that way that they've been dumped, you know, by, you know, yesterday we were dating in a dating relationship or engaged. Today I'm not because their status says single and looking frustrated with the one I had, whatever, you know, but, but yeah, I mean, it's just, we, we, we've resolved ourselves to communicating that way, haven't we? And it's easy, isn't it? You don't have to have face-to-face contact. You know, it doesn't be awkward. You just kind of fire off a message and, and you're, 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 you're done with it, right? The problem is this. We all long for connections, don't we? Uh, we as human beings, and I don't know, care who you are, but every one of us deep down inside, I believe, have this longing to truly be connected with others. We all long for community. We all long for relationships. Let's be honest. We want to talk. And we want to talk, I believe, to other people. Now, I know that there are probably times in which you want to get away from people. But deep down inside, I believe that that's why the makers of the, of the, the, the TV show that I like to watch, Alone, Alone this year has a companion. When you're not alone, you really have a friend with you. You know, they drop them off on the other side of the island. They have to hike and find you, but yet you still can be reunited and it feels so good, doesn't it? We all long for community and relationships. We want to talk with one another. So it got me thinking a little bit about, about 
us as humans, and it got me thinking about God's word and, and, and kind of the connections there when it comes to relationship and communication. And, and, and here's what I believe. I, I believe that deep within the heart of every believer, every Christ follower is a desire to, to, to know and, 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 a, and a need to commune with our creator, God. Amen. I mean, don't, don't you just have this longing for those of you that, 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 that are, are Christ followers? To, don't, don't you just want to hear from God? Don't you just wish you knew what God's dream and desire was for you? Some of you right now have decisions to make. And, and aren't you just thinking, man, I just wish I knew what God would desire for me. I wish God would speak in to this situation. I love what Dr. Henry Blackaby wrote years ago in a study called Experiencing God. And by the way, if you've not been through that, and I would encourage every one of us to make sure you go through that. We probably have some resources available here in our church office. But Dr. Blackaby says that the challenge of understanding and experiencing God is to know clearly when he is speaking. And he says this, if a Christian doesn't know when God is speaking, that person is in trouble at the core of his Christian life. Bottom line is this, God wants to speak to us and he wants us to know what he is saying. Listen, for those of you here today, God's not playing some big game of cosmic hide and seek from you. He wants you to know his will for you. He wants to speak to you. He wants you to know what he's saying. Now, throughout the Bible, I love the Bible. Anybody read the Bible? I love the Bible because in God's word, we find time and time again that God spoke to his people. God spoke to his people many times. There are 66 books that, that relate to how God spoke to people. He spoke to people in, in various ways. I don't find texting in scripture. Uh, but but he, spoke, he spoke to them in, in, in very uh, many different ways. He, the, the, the Bible says that sometimes that God spoke to people through angels. We know that when you read scripture, God spoke to people through visions or dreams that maybe they had. We know that God spoke sometimes through, through, through a loud voice, an audible voice that you can hear. But then oftentimes God uses a gentle whisper. We know that when you read scripture, there are miraculous signs and wonders that, that were performed in, in, in ways that God spoke through people. The fact that God spoke is more important than how he spoke. I want you to know that. The fact that God speaks to people is a big deal. In fact, that may be one of the number one things that separate our faith from all other religions in our world today. Our God still speaks. Our God is still involved in the lives of his people. Amen? How many of you have felt God in your life this week? You felt his presence. Amen. Good, good. So when he spoke, people knew it. They, they knew what God was saying to them. They knew that he was speaking and what he was trying to say. Today, I want us to look at one of those incredible conversations that I find in the Bible of God speaking to creation, God speaking to a man. It's an incredible conversation. In fact, it's one of the first conversations in Scripture. Uh, it's in the book of Exodus chapter 3. It's an incredible story of, uh, of God speaking to a man by the name of Moses. Everybody know Moses? I know you've seen the, the TV show that lasts for like five hours, right? You, you pause and have to go eat dinner because, you know, it's such a long... We know who Moses is. And I love this interaction in Exodus chapter 3 uh, of, this, uh, of God speaking to him. Now, what you need to know, God speaking to Moses in Ex Exodus chapter 3, God speaks to Moses via what? 
a burning bush. Some of you read the Bible. Good for you. He speaks to God via a burning bush. So I want to read a lot of scripture to you today. We're going to actually read a couple of chapters. So I know for some of you, this is your only Bible reading. I'm going to get you caught up this week. Amen. And uh, Exodus chapter 3, beginning in verse 1, just hang in there with me and let's read the word of the Lord. One day Moses was tending the flock of his father-in-law Jethro. What's his father-in-law's name? Jethro, he's the priest of Midian. He led the flock far into the wilderness and he came to Sinai, the mountain of God. The mountain of God is known as what? Sinai. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a blazing fire from the middle of a bush. A blazing fire in the middle of a bush. Some theologians and scholars think, oh, the bush was just of red color and tint. And then the time of day in which Moses encountered this, it just looked as if it was on fire. Or some think that maybe it was just emitting a, a reddish, orangish, orangish um, um, fume or something that made it look as... I'm just telling you right now, the word of the Lord says that the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a blazing fire from the middle of the bush. You know what that tells me? This bush is on fire. It's blazing, right? Moses st- stared at it in amazement, just as you would as well, right? Through the, though the bush was engulfed in flames, it's on fire. Though the bush was engulfed in flames, it didn't burn up. This is amazing, Moses said to himself. Why isn't that bush burning up? I must go see it. Wouldn't you? Wouldn't you? The sage in bloom is, it's blooming right now, isn't it? It's like perfume deep in the heart of Texas. It's blooming everywhere, but... We have, if, if there was a bush that was engulfed in flame but not burning up, would you not be interested by that right now? Kinley, you wouldn't be? Happens all the time, right? Yeah. Moses said, I must go see it. When the Lord saw Moses coming to take a closer look, verse 4, God called him, God called to him from the middle of the bush, Moses, Moses, here I am. Moses replied, do not come any closer, the Lord warned. Take off your sandals for you are standing on what, church? I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and God of Jacob. And when Moses heard this, he covered his face because he was afraid to look at God. And the Lord told him, I have certainly seen the oppression of my people in Egypt. I have heard their cries of distress because of their harsh slave drivers. Yes, I am aware of their suffering. You need to know something, that the God of Exodus chapter 3 that was aware of the suffering of his people is still the God of 2017 and is aware of your suffering today. And he is involved and he cares. Verse 8, so I have come down to rescue them from the power of the Egyptians and lead them out of Egypt into their own fertile and spacious land. It is a land flowing with milk and honey, the land where the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites, and the Jebusites now live. That's a lot of ites. Look, the cry of the people of Israel has reached me, and I've seen how harshly the Egyptians abuse them. Now go, for I am sending you to Pharaoh. You must lead my people Israel out of Egypt. Now, what do we know about Moses right now in Exodus chapter 3? What's his life like? He's hiding out. He's murdered a man. 
He's been in the wilderness for a long time. He's probably alone. He's old, right? Lots of things. He's kind of just trying to, to probably spend the rest of his days quietly. But Moses protested to God in verse 11. Who am I to appear before Pharaoh? Who am I to lead the people of Israel out of Egypt? God answered, I will be with you. And this is the sign that I am the one, this, and this is your sign that I am the one who has sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God at this very mountain. What's that mountain? Thank you. Verse 13, but Moses protested. If I go to the people of Israel and tell them the God of your ancestors has sent me to you, they will ask, well, what is his name? What should I then tell them? And God replied to Moses, say it with me, church. I am who I am. Say this to the people of Israel. I am has sent me to you. God also said to Moses, say this to the people of Israel, that Yahweh, the God of your ancestors, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my eternal name, my name to remember for all generations. Now go and call together all the elders of Israel. Tell them the Lord, the God of your ancestors, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob has appeared to me. He told me that I've been watching close and I've seen the, how the Egyptians are treating you. I've promised to rescue you from their oppression in Egypt. I will lead you to a land flowing with milk and honey, the land where the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites, and the Jebusites whew, whew, now live. The elders of Israel will accept your message. Then you and the elders must go to the king of Egypt and tell him. Tell him that the Lord, the God of the Hebrews, has met with us. So please let us take a three-day journey into the wilderness. How long was their journey supposed to last? How long did it last? Over 40 years, right? Take a three-day journey into the wilderness to offer sacrifices to the Lord our God. Hey, just a side note real quick. Hey, do things God's way and your journey won't be as difficult. Y'all know that's preaching right there, right? Do it God's way. That's a new tattoo for somebody to go get. No regerts. Do it God's way. Amen? No regerts. Verse 19, but I know that the king of Israel will not let you go unless the mighty hand forces him. So I will raise my hand and strike the Egyptians, performing all kinds of miracles among them. Then at last he will let you go and I will cause the Egyptians to look favorably on you. They will give you gifts when you go as, and you will not leave empty-handed. Every Israelite woman will, will, will ask for articles of silver and gold and find clothing from her Egyptian neighbors and from the foreign women in their houses. You will dress your sons and daughters with these, stripping the Egyptians of their wealth. Chapter 4, verse 1. But Moses protested again. What if they won't believe me or listen to me? What, what, what if they say, the, the Lord never appeared to you? How many of you have been in a situation like that? That you experienced an encounter of the Lord and people just say, oh, no, come on. You're making that up. Hmm. The Lord never appeared to you. Then the Lord asked him, what is that in your hand? It's a shepherd's staff, Moses replied. Throw it down on the ground, the Lord told him. And so Moses threw down the staff and it turned into a what? A snake. And Moses jumped back. The Lord told him, reach out and grab its tail. How many of you know that's a bad idea? 
So Moses reached out and he grabbed it and it turned back into a shepherd's staff in his hand. Perform this sign, the Lord told him. Then they will believe that the Lord, the God of their ancestors, the God of Abraham, God of Isaac, the God of Jacob really has appeared to you. And the Lord said to Moses, now now put your hand inside your cloak. So Moses put his hand inside his cloak and when he took it out again, his hand was white as snow with a severe skin disease. Now put your hand back into your cloak, the Lord said. So Moses put his hand back in and when he took it out again, it was as healthy as the rest of his body. The Lord said to Moses, if they do not believe you and are not convinced by the first miraculous sign, they will be convinced by the second sign. And if they don't believe you or listen to you even after these two signs, then take some water from the Nile River, pour it on the dry ground. And when you do, the water from the Nile will turn to blood on the ground. But Moses pleaded with the Lord. Oh, Lord, I'm not very good with words. I never have been, and I'm not now. Even though you've spoken to me, I get tongue-tied. Anybody struggle with that? That gives me great hope that Moses messed up words sometimes. Amen? Gets tongue-tied. He stutters. A lot of people think that he had a stuttering. He had some sort of a speech impediment. I get tongue-tied, and my words get tangled. Then the Lord asked Moses, who makes a person's mouth? Who decides whether people speak or do not speak, hear or do not hear, see or do not see? Is it not I, the Lord? Now go. I will be with you as you speak, and I will instruct you in what to say. But Moses again pleaded, Lord, please send anyone else. The Lord became angry with Moses. All right, he said. What about your brother, Aaron, the Levite? I know he speaks well. And look, he's on his way to meet you right now. He will be so delighted to see you. Come on. Just a coincidence that Aaron's out in the wilderness, just walking by. He probably hasn't seen Moses in years. And he's just, it's just coincidence. No, it's God-sidence, isn't it? That God has brought Aaron to come. Moses, are you picking up what I'm putting down, bro? It's time for you to go and do what I'm asking you to do. Listen, you can continue to fight against God's will for your life. It ain't going to turn out so well. God sent Aaron. He's going to be delighted to go with you. Talk to him. Put the words in his mouth. I will be with you, both of you, as you speak, and I will instruct you both in what to do. Aaron will be your spokesman to the people. He will be your mouthpiece and you will stand in the place of God for him, telling him what to say. And take your shepherd's staff with you and use it to perform the miraculous signs I have shown you. Is that not an incredible story? We're going to stop there. I love this conversation. I love this conversation that God had with Moses. And, and it's a real conversation. Would you agree with me? It's, it's, it's kind of a back and forth. God's spelling out some details, explaining to Moses exactly what to go and do. This is what I want you to tell them. These are the signs I want you to, I want you to do. Can you imagine if God would have just sent a text message? So much of this would have been lost in translation. 
We see Moses going back and God, I can't do this. And what if they don't believe me? I don't speak so well. And you know, I wanted man. I mean, God, I just, is there anyone else? No, you are it, Moses. And I have great confidence in you. Listen, that might be a word for somebody. Because you may not believe much in yourself. But God may have great hopes and dreams for your life. And he believes in you. And what you thought, just as maybe Moses thought here in Exodus 3 and 4 was impossible. I mean, we could go somewhere else in Scripture that says, I can do all things through. I can. I can. I love this conversation. And I'm going to share with you real quickly four things that I see in this story about how God speaks. Remember what I said earlier today. God is speaking, and he wants you to know what he's saying. And he wants you to know that without a doubt, it is him speaking to you. The first thing I see is that when God spoke, the way that he often communicated to the individual was unique. Would you not agree with me? This is probably a unique way for God to speak. Anybody else had one of these burning bush experiences? I mean, Moses had no precedence for a burning bush that talks. I mean, it had never happened before. It wasn't like Moses was sitting there in the wilderness that they said, oh, this is my burning bush experience. Everyone else has had theirs, but this one, this one's mine. No, it had never happened before. And it's interesting that we don't ever find in Scripture again where it ever happened, did it? There's never another, there's never a part two. It's not like some Mission Impossible movie where there's like six of them. No, this was the one and only burning bush experience. But this was the perfect way for God to communicate in such a way to get Moses' attention. You know, God makes our experience with him and his voice personal to us, doesn't he? God speaks to to you guys and to to me in, in so many different ways, and he makes it a personal experience with us. Listen, he wants us to focus on our relationship with him and not on the method by which he speaks. I I oftentimes hear people say that God spoke to them through a a certain preacher or a conference that they went to or or maybe some sort of an activity like a mission trip. You may have ever been on a mission trip and God spoke to you in a mighty way. Man, he does a greater work in me oftentimes than I do on his behalf with people. And what happens in those times is is I see that people can continually turn to those people or those conferences or even those activities. They, they, They turn to those things whenever they need God's guidance. Listen, I believe that it's possible to trust more in a Christian conference or a preacher than it is in God. Let me rewind the tape. You didn't get that. I believe that it's possible For some of us to trust more in a Christian conference or a preacher than it is in God. Listen, God wants a personal relationship with you. And the key in your life is not how God speaks, but that he speaks. I think I have that slide for you that should pop up about right now. The key is not how God speaks, but that he speaks, okay? Secondly, when God spoke, the person was sure it was God. Listen, Moses 
Moses didn't have a previous reference point of God speaking through a burning bush. Yet the scripture reveals here in Exodus chapter 3 that Moses had no doubt that it was God speaking. In verse 14, I am who I am. That's how God identified himself to Moses. Moses, you need to know that I am is speaking right now. Now, could Moses logically prove to someone else that he had heard God speak through a burning bush? I mean, seriously, would that not be a hard sell? Listen, I heard, try this at work tomorrow. Or you teachers that are going back for the meet the teacher rally and go to your, just, just gather your, hey guys, listen, I was going to tell you, this summer when I was on the beach in Port A, there was a mound of seaweed that rolled up and all it was consumed with water. It was engulfed with flames, but it didn't burn up. And it started talking. That might be your last day to work for the school district if you say that. Okay? There's no way he could logically prove that God was speaking to him. But all he could do was testify to the encounter that he had had with God. Only God can verify a word that he speaks to you. And that was his testimony. I am sent me, Pharaoh. I am who I am. I am standing as his mouthpiece before you. It's not important how he spoke to me. It's just important who spoke to me. Are you with me today, church? Number three, when God spoke, the person knew what God said. You need to know something today. God wants you to know what he's speaking in your life. He doesn't want you to be confused and wonder. He doesn't want you to be torn between. No, he wants you to know. And I'm reminded in Scripture says, you will find me when you seek me with your whole heart. Listen, God wants you to know what he's speaking to you. Moses knew here in Exodus 3 and 4 that God, well, he knew what God was telling him to do. He knew how God wanted to work through him. That's why he raised so many objections. God, seriously, I'm a wanted man back in Pharaoh's court. I, I, I'm old. I don't know if I have the strength to do this. My mouth doesn't even work so well. He raised so many objections. He knew that God had high expectations. But yet I love how in this conversation that God had with Moses, God made his message clear. He wanted Moses to know what he was saying. This is what I want you to say, Moses. These are the things that I want you to do, the demonstrations. This is exactly what I want you to tell Pharaoh. God wanted Moses to know what he was saying, and he wants that in your life as well. He's not going to fire off some abbreviated words and throw in an emoji and have you try to figure it out, you know? He wants you to know without a shadow of a doubt. And then fourthly, when God spoke, that was the encounter with God. Hey, listen, Moses would have been crazy to say, hey, listen, this has been a wonderful experience with a burning bush. I hope it leads me to an encounter with God. That's crazy. No, God speaking was the encounter. The bush was the encounter with God. Listen, when God reveals truth to you by whatever means, that is the encounter with him, an experience of his presence and work in your life. So many times I will hear people say, uh, you know, I... 
through a deeply moving worship experience or, 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 or talk about some awesome experience that they have in the mountains while reading the Bible. Oftentimes it becomes clear to me that this person has what I believe missed the most important aspect of what has happened. They, they, they did not merely experience a moving worship service or a beautiful sunrise or sunset while reading the word of God. They just encountered God in that moment. That in itself should be enough. Oh, it's I, I encountered God. Is, is, is your encountering God, is that a big deal to you? Is it not, does it not blow your mind that the God that, that, that is in charge of, of this eclipse that's gonna happen tomorrow, do you know that he wants to talk? That's that same miracle, awesome, powerful God. He wants to speak to you. That is incredible. Absolutely incredible. That was the miracle. That was the moment. And so many people miss that opportunity and just the, the magnitude and the depth that God is speaking. Wow. I believe it's so easy for us to be distracted by the things going on around us to miss the miracle of a God speaking into us. Don't miss that. Going back to this text messaging thing, I, uh, I kind of thought, what would this conversation between God and Moses look like today in 2017 if, if it was just a text message? And I took a stab at it with the help of my 15-year-old who is all into emojis and abbreviated words and things of that such, um, and my wife as well, who also is into technology. That's all good. So I said, hey, would y'all help me write this as if God and Moses were just sending text messages to each other? Here's probably what that conversation would look like. Whoa, there's a bush on fire. What's up, bro? That's God, it's all caps, get it? Who is this? I am. Wait, what? It's God. Hey, I need you to go do something for me. Go get my people out of jail. Are you kidding? You got the wrong dude. Tell them God sent you. Bro, they won't listen to me. What's in your hand? Not what's in your wallet. That's what preachers would say, but God says, what's in your hand? Right? It's a stick. Throw it down, bro. Whoa. Pick it up. Cool. Put your hand under your shirt. Ah, gross. Put it back in again. Whew. Thanks, man. I got more stuff I can do. But I don't talk good. I got you, bro. Take Aaron with you and let him do the talking. And take that stick with you. Let's make some noise. <laughs> That's probably what it would look like if it would have just been a text message. But even in the midst of that, even though you know the story, isn't there so much that's been lost in that translation? There's so much more that God was speaking into. There were so many more directions. There was so much more that God 
was communicating with Moses here in Exodus 3 and 4 via a burning bush. What's your relationship with God like? What's your communication with him like? Some of us, our relationship is characterized probably as a text messaging type of relationship, right? Are are you missing out on the conversations that God wants to have with you on a regular daily basis? All in favor of just uh, one hour on Sunday morning? If we're not careful, even this can, can kind of become, this is enough. I, I've texted enough. I've spent 110 minutes or 70 minutes. I spent 70 minutes with God today. Surely that's enough for the week. Mm-mm. And we're missing out on so much that God wants to say to us. Because so many of us treat our relationship with him like a text relationship. Don't miss out on what God wants to say to you. Spend time with him. Regular conversation. And don't miss those moments in which God wants to grab your attention and say, hey, listen, I've got something I want to share with you. God is speaking. And he wants you to know it. And he wants you to know what he's saying. I want to ask you to stand with me this morning as we pray and get ready to leave. Our prayer ministry team is going to join me down front. And we stand here ready today to encourage you and to serve you and to pray with you about whatever maybe you're going through. Maybe there's a celebration today. Hey, maybe somebody's got something that's worth shouting from a testimony to share. I want you to come share it with somebody today. Hey, God has been good to me and I just got to tell somebody. Amen. Hey, this week. This week, let's not let this thing called technology ruin conversation that needs to take place. Maybe with other individuals, maybe people within our home, maybe somebody we work with. Let's not let technology get in the way of how our creator wants to communicate with us as well. Father, thank you so much for just the reminder in this story that is so familiar to many of us of the great links you will go to to communicate with your creation. God, forgive us for reducing our relationship with you to 130 character text messages or to 70 minutes on Sunday because that's the hour in which God speaks. No, you speak the other 167 hours during the week as well. And Father, I pray that we would be a people that are lasered in, focused in, and we're listening and looking for you. We're anticipating the conversation, God, that we can have with you. Lord, you have so much in store for us. We don't want to miss it. We will find you when we seek you with our whole heart. Thank you for being a God who speaks. We're listening. May we not lose anything in translation. It's in Jesus' name we pray these things. Amen. Thank you, guys. You're dismissed.